Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Brewville at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Look, I feel like this is a dream right now. I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable to be up here in front of everybody here. Um, it's like crazy. My kids, just trying to gotta keep my composure about me because this is this is truly unbelievable. Um, I, to say that I'm excited would be a massive understatement because I am um, so excited to get to work and, and I want to do nothing but uh, work with all these guys and be with them. And now Nathaniel Hackett is officially going to be with him, signing his contract. And he is officially on the clock as the new Broncos head coach. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. If you watch today's press conference on television, on Twitter, online, wherever you watch it, I'm sure you heard Andrew Mason ask a couple of questions. He probably had the most memorable bite or at least the most memorable question with the most memorable soundbite, asking the new head coach about who his favorite Star Wars character was. We'll let you know who that is later on in the show. Mace is driving back from Dove Valley, and he will be joining us in the second segment of the show. With that, time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so the press conference wrapped up probably about 15 minutes ago. George Payton started it off talking about Hackett as his new head coach, saying that Hackett is the perfect choice to reboot the franchise. His vision, fantastic, specifically in all three phases of the game. Also saying he is different than any other coach I have ever been around. He is big into the arts, volunteering, also a family man, and then said, Hackett blew him and the rest of the coaching search committee away with his vision. He said, I am sold on this relationship. Peyton was asked why he didn't do any second interviews with the exception of Nathaniel Hackett. And he said he knew that he was sold right after that second interview. He absolutely knew Hackett was the guy. So then Hackett goes up to the podium and you can tell he had a lot of nervous energy. My understanding about him, he has a great sense of humor. He commands the room. He's a fun guy to be around. And I think that eventually when he settled in, he probably got a little bit more serious. But early on in the press conference, he was talking about the Broncos interview committee and then added about John Elway. He said, I really want one of those John Elway jerseys. And he said, seriously, I'm not joking. I want one of those Elway jerseys. I have a feeling... He'll probably get one signed if he wants one. And then he thanked Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, saying, I'm going to make a run at being the sexiest coach in the NFL against him. I suppose we will see about that. Also, what Hackett had to say, he will be calling the uh, the plays on offense. Uh, Peyton's comments about the fact that he liked the fact that Hackett understood all three phases of the game and had it a plan for all three phases of the game. Hackett added, he has coached offense, 
defense and special teams over the course of his coaching career. So certainly that makes him qualified for knowing all three phases of the game on running the offense. He said, first and foremost, any offense you have, it has to be maneuverable, saying offense has to be able to adjust and then said, but I think the starting point is outside zone. And if you want to base that off of play action pass, well, then you can take shots downfield and then reference John Elway taking shots downfield. What does he look for in a quarterback? He looks for toughness, mental and physical, and intelligence. And when you talk about physical gifts, you talk about Jeff George, you talk about Jamarcus Russell, those guys were busts. They had great physical gifts, but not the mental toughness and physical toughness and intelligence that Hackett is looking for. And practice. If you like to go out to practice, specifically during training camp, there will be music. He said he loves to practice, loves music, and the guys are going to pick the music. So, going back, he's a first-time head coach, and his approach to being a first-time head coach is this. Well, you know, I'm so lucky again, going back to the Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur. I mean, Matt LaFleur came in as a first-time head coach, and um, I was able to watch him maneuver that from being both a head football coach and calling plays. And and I think it's about being able to budget your time, understand what you need to get done, so that you have the ability to be great on game day, because in the end, that's the most important thing. So I think for me, it's just about being able to budget all my time, being efficient. That's something that I pride myself in, is not wasting a lot of time. Uh, making sure uh, everybody's prepared and ready. And, and to be able to do that is having that great staff. You have that great staff, and you're, you're capable of doing anything. So uh, I'm very excited to get back to doing that. And he will get a chance to do it, calling the plays and learning to budget his time and learning a lot of new things as a head coach, because let's be honest, it is a totally different skill set. But getting a chance to work with Aaron Rodgers, he believes, has helped his growth to become a head coach. Yeah, first and foremost, Aaron was absolutely unbelievable. Um, he's been one of my biggest supporters, and I love him, and I'm thankful very much for him. And um, coaching a man like that, um, the one thing I learned is you better have an answer for every question because he's going to ask every single question about every single thing that you're going to do. Um, so I think that was something that was very valuable for me when you're dealing with a guy that is, is that intelligent, is that if you want to do something, he's not, you're not going to be able to just put that up there and say, hey, you're doing this, uh, if, unless it's something that he might have already done in the past. But um, if it's something new, you got to be sure to, to be able to have a great answer. So I think it's just allowed me to understand communicating and talking with everybody and knowing that you always have to have an answer why. And I think that's really an important point that he makes. So for anybody listening out there, anybody watching on milehighsports.com, if you work for somebody and they ask you to do something, You want to know the answer why. Why am I doing this? I suppose you can take your boss's word that they know what's right, but you want to understand it. And if you understand why you're doing things as a player, when a coach tells you to do something, I think there's probably going to be a better chance that you're going to execute the coach's vision because you understand it instead of saying, I don't think this guy knows what he's talking about. I don't understand why we are doing it. But if Hackett's philosophy is to explain to his players why I think that is going to build relationships and build a better football team. He's a young guy, right? Only 42 years old. He talked about music. There will be music at practice now. I like the fact that he said, hey, I'm going to play the players' music. He used to be a hip-hop teacher. 
I don't know if he's going to be doing any hip hop dancing at practice, but there will certainly be music. But there is a football side, certainly to Nathaniel Hackett as well. And he has absolutely bought into the importance of analytics. So analytics, uh, you know, I, I think they're awesome. I think that numbers are an amazing thing in this world. Um, I've been uh, very enamored by so many things from when I first started as a quality control. I mean, I was a quality control guy for eight years, and the amount of stuff that we built from reports uh, across the board uh, were awesome. And I think what they do for, especially as a play caller and, um, and anybody that utilizes them, is they're a great baseline. They're great things to show you and help guide you and check what you do. They're a great way to check what you're doing yourself. So I think there's so many different ways that you can utilize them. When you look at game day, I mean, there's so many things that can help guide you to make the best decision. Because, you know, for anybody that's out on that field, every decision, it's, it's very quick. And I think that the more that you have the analytical data to help you make a better decision, um, it, it's going to help the whole team. And so I think that we'll use that quite a bit. And it's not necessarily going to be the, you know, the only thing we're going to do, and it's going to be exactly what we're going to do, but we're definitely going to utilize it to help us make great decisions. And I like all the things that he said at the press conference. He talked about the importance of analytics. He talked about understanding all three phases of the game. And he also talked about being able to relate to the players with youthful exuberance. That genuine juice, that genuine energy, it's, it's got to be who you are. Uh, I mean, it's got to be, uh, you know, just vibrate through the whole facility. Everybody's got to feel it. It's not just one person. You don't just save it up for your star player. It's got to be with anybody and everybody. Um, so I just think it's, uh, it's something that's so important. I mean, this, this whole generation, this whole world is changing. Um, I mean, I call it, you know, that YouTube generation world. And, um, you know, just meetings are different from when I first started on how, trying to keep people's attention and, and inspire them and get them excited. Um, so I think that as a coach, you just always have to have that excitement and energy to find different ways to approach them and, and get them all fired up to be able to learn and, and get better each day. For those that don't know Nathaniel Hackett's history, he likes to coach through, I don't want to say necessarily movie lines, but he is not shy about telling you he loves Austin Powers. He loves Star Wars. He loves quoting movie lines. And I'm going to give my guy, Andrew Mason, a lot of credit. You know, I, I say to Andrew all the time that he is a numbers guy. And he did get his numbers question in there. He's the one who asked about the importance of analytics. I'm sure he's going to write something about that for thednvr.com. But he elicited the best soundbite from the entire press conference when he asked Nathaniel Hackett if he could be any Star Wars character, who would he be? Oh. Gosh, I would, did not know I was going to get that one right now. Um, I have always felt myself that I feel like I'm a Han Solo. Um, I just felt like he was always smooth and cool, and he got the beautiful princess too. So sorry, I had to say that. Um, but uh, she's so mad at me right now. Um, but no, I, I, I've always loved Han, and I mean, God, Yoda, that's almost like picking one of my children. I mean, I, Star Wars is dear to me, so, but no, we'll throw Han out there. Han. Yeah, Han Solo, nothing wrong with that. Everybody wants to be Luke Skywalker. They want to be the hero. Han Solo's the rebel. He does things differently. He's effective in what he does. And now we're about to find out as he embarks on his first head coaching job with the Denver Broncos. Andrew Mason just got back from the press conference. He'll join me in studio next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Siltahar Mazda. Loaded with inventory right now. You can get the right car at the right price, like the Mazda CX-5 or the Mazda CX-30. Small crossover SUV, all-wheel drive, leather trim seats. Great power, 32 miles to the gallon. With the weather that we've had recently, Either one of those rides would be fantastic. You need to take one for a test drive today. Siltahar Motors has been around for over 60 years. It's a family-owned business, and they treat you like family as well. Get to Broomfield today or check them out at sthmazda.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Well, Mace, I'm disappointed I did not get a chance to go to the press conference. I could have been there, but at the end of the day, I knew you were there. And I think you could have made it, though, in the end. You would have had to have left at the earliest possible moment, I think. Yeah, had enough time. Well, but Danny, barely, barely. But Danny and I needed yeah. to do some producing back here. Yeah. So one of us had to be back here, for lack of a better phrase, to man the ship. With that, set the scene for what you just sat through. Well, um, first of all, began early, a couple minutes early. It was supposed to begin at three. It actually started at uh, two fifty-eight. So not quite Tom Coughlin standard time. And uh, look, I mean, the word of the day is energy. I mean, there's a there is an infectious energy the only thing that i would say is similar between vic fangio and nathaniel hackett they're both men and the fact that the broncos tweet of each coach signing the paperwork for their contract read officially official as ted lasso said it's the same but different and it's very different here i want to read a quote from from hackett that a lot of people probably listened to it and thought, wow, this sounds great. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the offense. He said, first and foremost, any offense you have, it has to be maneuverable. Okay. Has to be able to adjust. He said, but I think the starting point is outside zone. Yep. And you want to base that off of play action. You have to take shots down the field. Then he referenced Elway. With that, I bet that got a lot of people excited and rightfully so. With that... It's in the Broncos' DNA. Of course it would. Okay. Now, sometimes, and I, I, I am not trying to take anything away from what Nathaniel Hackett had to say at the press conference, but generally speaking, most coaches at their first press conference say the right things. Let me give you two excellent examples. When Mike McCoy was hired as the offensive coordinator... Mm-hmm. This one I was doing the show at less. We walked up to Mike. We did a one-on-one with him, and he said to us, I am going to tailor-make my offense around the talent that I have. Okay? He didn't. 
Vic Fangio said at his press conference, easily the most memorable line, we're not going to lose because of death by inches. Should fans be cautiously optimistic when they hear everything that they want to hear, knowing it's the first press conference? Cautiously optimistic, but I thought it was interesting that he dove into the specifics a little bit more. Like, for example, he noted the outside zone. He talked about play action passing. It was there's a clear, a pretty clear vision of what he wants to do. Once he got done, he did another session for about five or ten minutes off to the side with the beat writers. And uh, were you part of that? I was part of that. Okay. Yeah. He talked about the potential of having somebody specifically for game management. That's their job, game management. Wow, that's huge. That, like I asked him, he, it's something he said he hasn't really decided on just yet, but it is in play to have somebody solely responsible for that. Someone, and he said, look, I'm an offensive guy, and now that I'm in charge, I might want to go for it all the time. And he spoke of the value of having somebody there right. to rein him in. He talked about how defensively, he focused on what gives him as an offensive guy the most problems and said uh, he wants to see a defense that has different fronts that looks di- that looks different uh, up, up in the front seven that ch- that, ve- that changes things to try to confuse you so i thought it was really interesting that he dove more into football specifics tactical specifics rather than just simply oh we're going to kind of do what we do best he has a very clear idea what he wants to do and i think that's great and i also think it's great that he has experience in all three phases yes which he said offense defense and special teams with that i'm wondering what he thought of matt lafleur and his own special teams this year as it was the worst in the league i'm wondering if hackett said something to matt like Dude, this is really bad. We really need to do something. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's not the decision maker. Now he is. Well, the interesting thing is the Packers special teams coach this past year actually uh, learned a lot of his craft under Tom McMahon. Right. <laughs> right. So. But I'm bummed. Let's let's start. Let, let's kind of start with that. But look, and I like Tom McMahon personally, but it did not go well for him over the last four years. Right. So. I think we're going to see some some change there. That was actually the one thing that I wish if we'd had a little bit more time, I really wanted to ask him about was hit was was special teams. A spec because of what you just mentioned. We were talking to Nathaniel Hackett today, in large part because the Packers special teams melted down. If their special teams had had just right. an average, he may not be the coach. Game, he, yeah, it, we might have been talking to Dan Quinn today, right? Or if Hackett was their guy, we might have been waiting. Weeks, but the thing is, he wouldn't have had that second interview this week. It would have been Dan Quinn with the second interview. I mean, yeah, it's you know, you start uh, you start butterflying, uh, butterfly affecting this thing. I am not suggesting that Hackett didn't take the bait because he could have, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't know that he's taking the bait. And this is what I mean: he was asked for what does he look for in a quarterback. I think if you ask ten new head coaches. Mm-hmm. Standing in front of the podium for the first time, what that guy looks for in a quarterback, I'd be willing to bet eight to nine out of ten would mention something about athletic ability. Yeah. And he didn't. He said, 
mental and physical toughness and intelligence. He didn't say big arm. He didn't talk about measurables. He didn't talk about being mobile. He didn't say anything like that. Because when you look at the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, now granted, he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, and he has all those traits too, but great physical ability. Peyton Manning did not have great physical ability. Right. Sorry, had an emergency text come in. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, anyway. I thought you were going to keep going. That's no, I, 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 f- yeah. I found it interesting. Yeah. I found it interesting that that's what he singled out yeah. as much as anything else and didn't mention athletic ability because I said it yeah. at, at the top of the show. Guys who don't put a priority on mental and physical toughness and intelligence draft Jeff George. Mm-hmm. They draft Jamarcus Russell. Mm-hmm. They draft David Klingler, Achilles Smith. And you can go on and on and on about first round busts yeah. at the quarterback position. Yeah. You have to now, I mean, it's important that they have tools, but the most, like, for example, I think when he would be evaluate quarterbacks, that he would prize the mental side as well. The ability to learn, yeah. the ability to process. And that's what, and and then you start looking at what happens in the next few months if the Broncos don't get Aaron Rodgers and they go into the draft. Right. What type of quarterback is he going to like? I think he's probably going to gravitate maybe a little bit more toward a uh, a Kenny Pickett, perhaps more cerebral guy. Yes. And he will certainly have a say. Sitting at that press conference, you already set the scene. Yeah. But is there anything that stuck out to you that made you go, hmm? Not good or bad, but like, wow. Wow. I mean, just if he talks to the team with the same kind of energy that he talks to. But it was nervous energy today. It was nervous. Nervous. But, well, no, he settled down. I know you said it was nervous, but I thought he really got into kind no, of No, I said groove. at the beginning. Yes. And then I said he yeah. did settle down. Right. But listen, but, the, but the first couple words out of his mouth, he was talking about that he wants a John Elway jersey and he wants to be the sexiest coach in the NFL. I, that's well, No, that's, it's great. Yeah. I'm just saying because he, because he, he was he was so excited. Right. But then he did settle down. But he talked about like think, like how you have to reach this a generation differently. And it's funny right. because like there, you could see some of the ways in which he's going to reach players that maybe uh, if you're an old school reporter and you've been around for a few decades and you, you might, it might not click with you, but I think it clicked with, with some, with a lot of the younger people in the room. And I think that's what he's going to find when he talks to a lot of the players. The question I have all, I've had about Nathaniel Hackett is we know we see the kind of energy that he teaches. We watch the the videos of him doing QB collective stuff. We've seen the videos of him on the field at, at Packers practice. How does that translate to an entire room? Based on what I saw today, I think because he has an ability to kind of project and he was very much talking to the entire room making sure he talked to the last row as much as the first row. Right. When so, and one thing I did like when when I asked a question, he's a big eye contact guy. Yeah, I've noticed that too at press conferences. Our guys willing to look at you throughout the entire Every answer. Every time I, I, I asked him three questions, two in the press conference and one off to the side. Right. Every time it was eye to eye. Well, he said yeah. at the beginning of the press conference, he wants to get to know everybody. Yes. And he wants to get to know the media. I, he seems like the type of guy where I believe he's sincere in saying that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. So anyway, um, coming up after the break, we're going to do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. 
Usually, we would talk about a game, like, gee, I don't know, the AFC Championship game or the NFC Championship game. Well, we're not. We're going to talk about odds on where they were before Hackett was hired, and now that he has been hired, on where Vegas has set the odds on Aaron Rodgers coming here, and they are really different. Yep. We'll talk about that next. How you like me now? Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on MileHighSports.com. Listen, of course, Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3 FM. Andrew Mason here, Eric Goodman, settling in. You brought us back from break. Well, you know, I've gotten some experience with this, you know. You you, you did a great job. Thank I you. heard you walking in. Yeah. And uh, you nailed it, really. Well, thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. that. Yeah. What was better, that or my Han Solo Star Wars question. Oh, by far and away. <laughs> you, in a perfect world at a press conference, the goal is never to, to extract the best bite, but it's kind of fun to extract the best bite because you know that when you watch the local news tonight, mm-hmm. they will be running it. Yes. And you know, every once Probably in a while- Probably get on ESPN too, I bet. Right. Every once in a while, I'll tell you what I think to myself when I extract a bite that is memorable. Yeah. I think to myself- what would they have run tonight if I was not at the press conference? I've, you know what? I've actually started thinking that way. Like, not that I want to, like, in, I don't think of entrapping a coach. I yeah. just think of what's going to get to the heart of, like, the, the core of, of who they are. Like, and it, it came out, unfortunately, badly for Vic Fangio. But when I asked him after the Chiefs game about what separated this team from the rest of the AFC West, and we got the famous top shelf quarterback answer. Right. You know, I thought sometimes I, when I did get that answer, I thought I did think you a very hard edged journalist. Oh, is that a compliment? It is a compliment. Thank yes. You. Would have, would have been proud of me for that. That's the kind of soundbite that you're very good at getting the, 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 uh, star Wars one. No. When I asked Vic about the, the division. Vic. Yeah. A few you weeks mean, ago. Mean if, oh, when, when I asked and he said, well, the other teams have top shelf quarterbacks. Which is obvious. That was the best bite. <laughs> yes. That that's the bite that will stick with him. And it's and it's the truth. Right. He and I, and that's what you want to get, right? You don't want platitudes right. that you know that anyone can say. You want truth and you want something from the core of who they are. Right. Like as an example, I can't remember who the special teams coach was, what his name was, but everyone is familiar with the Jano's bite. Brock Olivo. That was you that, that asked the question. Jano. Love Jano. Love Jano. He's Jano. Jano to me. My, if we had twenty-two Janos, we would be all right. 
just listen to the way he's like my I Jano. Yeah. Love Jano. You got to the core of him of Brock Olivo when you asked that. Like and, that the question, as Ron Burgundy would say, cut to the core. Do you have a way that you ask questions, meaning do you have metho- uh, uh, a methodology to asking questions? I try to avoid yes or no questions. Yeah. And maybe I'll have a setup, but I like to make sure the question itself is relatively snappy. The question is snappy. Like you can have a setup, but the question, you know, it's, you know, what's your, you know, what Star Wars character reflects your personality and why? Right. You don't want to, that, that's about as long as you want to get. That was a trick that the late Larry King used to talk about. What'd he say? Like he, he wanted to ha- ideally ask a question. He would say seven words or less. Sometimes it was longer, but he always, but he felt that you could set it up, but the question needed to be punchy. Well, here's the thing. I agree with. And I watched Larry King like every night when I was a kid. So. I I agree. I agree with that. Unless you're asking a tough question, yeah. and my methodology is when I ask a question to somebody, and I know that it's a it's a tough question. My questions tend to be longer mm-hmm. for this reason. I want to ask it in a way in which I cut off the interviewee at every pass so he can't give me a standard answer, the obvious answer. I want to point him into the direction that he has no outs. Right. But to actually answer that question. Right. That, You're that, very good at that. Well, thank you. And also, and you mentioned something earlier. He said he was surprised when I asked him the Star Wars question. You always want to ideally ask a question that he doesn't have any prep, that he, that the subject doesn't have any prep. What on. were the first words that came out of his mouth? Yeah. I wasn't expecting, expecting that. that. Right. And I'm like, that's, I, that's good. That is the best answer that you can get from any person that you are interviewing because you are getting the most honest answer that he hasn't thought about. But yeah, exactly. The thought is happening right then and there. For those, for those that this is totally inside journalism nerd stuff. It, 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 no, no, but but yeah, I was about to say it's interesting, but yeah, then again, it's 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 interesting to me. Yeah. Um. Oh, I don't know. Let's just move on. Time now. <laughs> time now for what's trending. What's trending is presented by Colorado Off Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV. They've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Okay, every Friday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. I'm really dedicating this to Ty because he is a huge Packers fan with that. Before Hackett was announced as the head coach, the Broncos' odds to get Aaron Rodgers was plus 200. Mm -hmm. You bet 10, you win 20. Now it's minus 150. So with that, if you were given $1,500 and you can either stick it in your pocket, and I understand that you're a pretty conservative guy and you don't gamble, and I really don't gamble either. But if you were given $1,500 and you could pocket the full amount or you'd have to bet it all on Rogers coming here, but yet you would only win 1000 because remember, it's minus 150, what would you do? With those odds, I'm taking the money in my pocket simply and putting it away simply because of the possibility that he may reassess in the next few weeks and retire. I think there's a greater chance he's a Bronco than a Packer in the next several weeks. 
I do too. But I don't think you can overlook the possibility that he decides to move on with his life. But you have fun. It's fun money, meaning you don't necessarily need fifteen. Oh, if I don't miss it, then I'll I'll bet on Rogers being a Bronco. So you'd bet on it. Yes. And I would bet on it too. Danny, what would you do? I would bet on it. I would too. Yeah, especially now. Even if they both dodge the question that right. hiring Hackett had anything to do with Rodgers. In the back of my head, I know that there's something there. The way he talked about Aaron Rodgers and what he learned from him. Yeah. Talked about how... And it very, you know what? He sounded like a coach talking about working with Peyton Manning. Right. You better have all the answers. Well, the... the, the I love that. The, the, the answer was, you need to have an answer when they ask you why. Because... Mm-hmm. Employees want to know why they are doing what they're doing, not just what they're told to do and they don't believe in it. Guys, what do you think? One more quick thing. Yeah. Super Bowl odds for next season. Mm-hmm. Okay. They came out last week with the Broncos at plus 3,500. After Hackett's hiring, and I'm guessing the assumption that Rodgers is going to come here, mm-hmm. it's dropped to plus 1,800. Okay. And that a lot of that has to do with the potential of Rodgers. You were given $1,000. Thousand bucks, pocket the whole thing, or bet the full amount for the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. So you're going to bet a thousand with the chance to win eighteen thousand. Are you doing it or are you pocketing it? I'm pocketing it. Danny, what are you doing? Uh, I got to pocket that. It's a bigger risk. Yeah, I think they'll be better, and if certainly if they get Aaron Rodgers in. They'll be a contender. That being said, and we talked about this yesterday, the path to the Super Bowl in the AFC Tough. is yeah. so rigorous. It's not like Tom Brady going to the NFC and having to get past a team led by Taylor Haneke, a team led by Drew Brees playing his last game, okay. whose arm was so shot that they had to put Jameis Winston out there for a deep ball. And then finally seeing Aaron Rodgers in the championship okay. game. Because you might have to go through, you, you literally might have to go through Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes to be a Super Bowl team. Same bet, but I'm going to add to it. You're going to get Devontae Adams as well. But you're going to lose Pat Sertan. Now, are, are you betting the 1,000? Or are you pocketing it? I'm pocketing it. Danny? They're going to lose some shootouts. <laughs> I think I would bet it. What kind of offense would that be? It'd be a great offense, but boy, oh boy. Because they're, they're going to sacrifice draft picks as well. Okay, fine. What if they lose Draymond Jones instead of Sertan? I'd bet it. I'd bet on him. Okay, so it's only Sertan. Taking Sertan. Oh, by, by the He's way. your CB1. By the way, by the way, like, you're, you're going to lose Judy for sure. So let's say it's Judy and Draymond. But I accept that maybe you're getting, are you getting Devontae Adams back if you lose Judy? Oh, yes. Okay, that, that, then, that would be a given. Then that's fine. Then that's fine. That's a, that's a fair, that's a good trade for the Broncos. Yep. And I like Jerry Judy, yep. but Devontae Adams is, Devontae Adams is going to put on a gold jacket. Yeah. Okay. Jerry Judy, we don't know if that's in his future. Devontae Adams is going to have a bust in Canton. Right. And you put him there with Sutton, with Javante Williams, with Tim Patrick, with Noah Fant. I don't know how I, I don't know how you contain that offense with those weapons. But if you take out Draymond Jones, I think you can still do what you need to do with Shelby Harris, 
Deshaun Williams and plugging in, plugging in guys and mixing and matching guys. But if you take out Pat Sertan the second, you're re-signing Bryce Callahan. You're going to have to, but how long is he going to last? And then Ronald Darby's your CB1, and you're not going to be able to effectively replace him because you don't have the draft capital, and you're not going to have the cap space to do it. If they trade Pat Sertan to get Aaron Rodgers, I think they'll have a great season. I think don't lose a shootout at Arrowhead in the playoffs, and that would be the end of the season, but everyone would feel good about the next year. I have a great question for next week because we don't have time oh, yeah. for today. Give me, I need a two-sentence answer because yeah. we've got to hit a break. What offense is better? The record-breaking 2013 Manning offense or Rodgers, Adams, and everybody else minus Judy? Two-sentence two cents answer, we got to hit a break. The Rodgers offense. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Scoring in the NBA has uh, overall been a little bit down from last season because of the new officiating rules, but one team had no problem getting over 150 points in regulation the other night. We'll talk about who that was, how they got there, and uh, which is a little tougher playing good offense on the road or good defense that's coming up next right here on afternoon drive with goodman and mason on mile high sports from frustration first inclination is to become a monk and leave the situation but every dark tunnel has a light of hope so don't hang yourself with a celibate rope new movies showing so you're going could care less about the i'll be like sunset on the beach kick me on a pull up on miami with the heat i don't know about you Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, earlier this week, the Hornets scored the most points in the NBA this season in regulation with a 158 to 126 win over the Pacers in Indiana. It was fueled by a 29-point triple-double from LaMelo Ball and 10 three-pointers from Kelly Oubre Jr. He is the fifth player in NBA history to accomplish that feat of 10 three-pointers in a game. Now, the Nuggets have been picking up their defense this year. They've been pretty solid on defense and had several occasions of holding teams under 100 points. So what's a harder feat on the road? Scoring 135 plus points i won't go all the way to 150 because that's otherworldly but scoring over 135 points or holding the home team under 100 on their home court especially in today's nba where this year no team is averaging fewer than 100 points a game i'll I'll answer it this way defense is effort 
If you commit to playing defense, you can hold teams under 100. Unless you have a superstar out there who's just going to go off, like a John Morant or maybe Jokic or LeBron, so on and so forth. And 135, though, it can simply be a a result of, oh, you were hot that night. And hope, but then again, holding a team below 100 could simply be, okay, the threes weren't falling. In fact, I mean, that it would be interesting to see, you know, we know what the averages are, but what is the variance? Because when you have so much of the game dictated by three point shooting, it lends itself to those kind of aberration nights where, okay, that was the night we, we hit 15% from three and we only put up 85. I'll, I'll liken this to football real quick. Because we talk about offense so much in the NFL. Let's look at what happened last year. The Rams had the number one defense in the NFL, got shredded by Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The Bills had the number one defense in the NFL, got shredded by Patrick Mahomes. I firmly believe that if you have a historic defense, historic, but a defense that can consistently rush with four guys, Mm -hmm. the best offense in the league is not going to win that game. Look at what happened in the Super Bowl last year with Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, they had some injuries on their offensive line, but they made Mahomes look pedestrian, and that's a compliment to all pedestrian quarterbacks. I will maintain to my dying day that Shaq, that, that Shaq Barrett should have been the MVP of that game, not Tom Brady. Won't disagree. And uh, that was the recipe for knocking Tom Brady out of the playoffs right. was getting right. pressure with four this mm-hmm. year when the Rams did it. Yep, And again, same thing befell the Bucs as happened to the Chiefs last February. Injuries on the offensive line. You had guys playing hurt. They had to play the entire game without Tristan Wirfs and lo and behold, the the Rams attacked that weak spot. That's that's just good strategy on their part. Just in case you missed it, the Nuggets continuing their road trip this evening. They are in the Big Easy taking on the Pelicans 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. They're five-point favorites. Of course, Zion Williamson still dealing with his uh, foot injury. He's rehabbing from that. And Brandon Ingram, who's been on fire this year, currently listed as out for the Pelicans. What do you expect to see from the Denver Nuggets tonight in New Orleans? If they decide to show up, I think they win. But sometimes with the Nuggets, they decide not to show up, right? Well, it's it's hard to have the consistent... uh effort night after night and again the other thing with the Nuggets in their defense without Jamal Murray without MPJ with Nikola Jokic carrying the entire load for the most part it's not a team that has a huge margin for error night after night right now but the key for them if they're going to maintain the sixth seed now they've got what a three and a half game uh, gap between them and the seventh spot at this point so they've got a little bit of breathing room but the key to maintaining that breathing room and avoiding the four-team playoff there to get in the postseason. It's winning games like this one tonight. Yeah, the Nuggets currently two and a half games ahead Thank of you, the seventh-place L.A. Clippers. Okay. Yeah, and so that, that you've got you got to take care of business on a night like this. Just in case you missed it, uh, I want to turn the tables on you guys a little bit. Mace, you asked a great question to Nathaniel Hackett. We played his answer about the Star Wars character that he thinks most embodies his own personality and why. Uh, do each of you have a Star Wars character who you think embodies your personality and why? You want to start? I like to think Yoda. 
Wow, you think a lot of yourself, don't you? Yes, I do. But yes, you but do. You know, just, it, just end the conversation. But here's there. the thing about Yoda. Okay, we know how wise he was, especially in the original trilogy. But in the prequel trilogy, he was blind to what was really going on. He couldn't see what was what Palpatine was doing. He and that's the thing. Sometimes it's it's a recognition of my weakness that sometimes I have trouble kind of diagnosing other the intent of others. And kind of reading, and kind of reading other people. So just as Yoda struggled to read that situation, sometimes I struggle to read situations in life. In the last trilogy that we watched, mm-hmm. what was the name of the pilot? Uh, Finn. That's me. Yeah. Because I'm willing to take risks and I'm willing to go it alone. Yeah. That probably sums me up. But that's also Han Solo-ish too. That's yeah. also well, on Solo. It's in the very name Solo. I mean, that was right. You know that that was obvious symbolism there. Right. And by the Is way, it, are you thinking Poe Dameron? Po, I'm thinking Eric? of Poe. Oh, thinking, po, okay. Poe. Okay. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking okay. like Finn, the the stormtrooper. No, I, I wasn't. I own. wasn't part oh, of Poe Dameron. I wasn't part of the. Uh, I, I wasn't part of a. Uh, uh, Darth Vader's crew, and then I switch sides. Well, no, but there was a like in in Force Awakens. I'm, he kind I'm of well, he, he leaves the TV crew and he yeah. leaves the crew and, and starts to go off on his own before because he's kind of before he gets pulled back into the fight. I'm more Poe, yeah. who was willing to go it alone. Yes, march to the beat of his own drum, defied take risks, a, defied authority. That's another thing with Poe. Remember, he got demoted mm-hmm. for de- for defying Holdo. That sounds like me in a nutshell <laughs> at times. Yes. Maybe that's why I own my own businesses and I really don't work for anybody else. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. You like being your own boss. Correct. All right. That was Mountain High Appliance. You're a little bit of Lando too, I think. A, a traitor? No, I'm talking about the good parts of Lando. Oh, because he, he, he sold out Han Solo. No, but then he, I'm talking about the good parts. I'm talking about about knowing that he, when he screwed up and, and, and realizing the, realizing when he made a mistake right. and doing everything he could in his power yeah. to make up for that. That's me. Yeah, And I make a lot of mistakes. I, I view yeah. Lando yeah. as a redemptive character. I don't know if I'm redemptive, but when I make yeah. a mistake, I'm the first one to say, but, I messed yeah, up. When I say Lando, I mean that as a compliment to you. Well, thank you. The word I'm sorry is the easiest phrase to use and i don't know why it's not used enough because all it does is lead to arguments just say you're sorry i'm gonna do my best to make sure it doesn't happen again be sincere Mm -hmm. and move on the more you don't apologize the worse the conversation gets i messed up that's Mm -hmm. it and i'm really sorry about it and And i'll I'll do do what it takes to make up and you just have to be sincere about it yeah right okay Again, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store. Try out the appliances before you buy them. My uh, fiance Mandy, got a stackable washer and dryer. She absolutely loves it. She had great customer service for Mountain High Appliance. You should go with them just like she did. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, we talked about Star Wars. And Nathaniel Hacker was asked today by Andrew Mason if you could be any Star Wars character of all of the nine movies, well, of the main nine movies, there are other movies, I get that. Who would you be? We told you it's Han Solo, that's what he said. But why did he say Han Solo? You'll hear that next. <laughs> 